Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Can confirm. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And are your smart speaker. Listen, wherever you are, however you found us, we are glad you did. She is Courtney Cronin at the, uh, we'll call it the Chicago office of Canty and Carlin. Right? Just the office. The Bureau. The Bureau. <laughs> the Midwest Bureau of Canty and Carlin slash ESPN Radio. Just broadcasting from a driving snowstorm. Whiteout <laughs> conditions uh, in suburban. No, downtown Chicago. Downtown. Not River suburban North, anymore. Baby. Yeah, forget about that. Oh, geez. Uh, here at Bristol, Connecticut, snow probably on the way. We tend to get the weather that, that you've got. In 48 hours time, we're going to be kicking off. Yeah, we will. At Philly, Sunday afternoon. The matinee. For Championship Sunday in the National Football League, we're down to the Final Four. We got all four teams covered, all four teams under the microscope here as we sort of have the honors of uh, sending the Canty and Carlin audience there into its football weekend. And I personally, and I don't, before you get a chance to poo-poo this, Cronin, I, I want to just be on record as saying as a, as a Raider fan who never has a team in action in this Sunday, I love what we're seeing from the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, I want to put that on the record. Stosh, our Stosh, our producer, longtime Kansas City Chiefs fan, knows how I feel about the Raiders, know how I usually feel about the Chiefs, but I love the chirping right now, Courtney, and that's what I mean that you would poo-poo, is like, I love the fact that these two are leaning into it, that you've got mayors involved, that you've got <laughs> you've got players at the mic, like knowing full well the camera's on and the microphone's on, and knowing that everything they say is going to be bulletin board material, and they just run through that stop sign. It is so refreshing. After all those years of Belichick and the Patriots being the team, you know, under the, the, the microscope at this part of the season and just saying nothing. I love that the new blood means new talking and new sound bites. Love They're it. certainly leaning into it. It's funny because I don't feel like we've heard anything from the 49ers Eagles matchups, players <laughs> chirping at each other, considering what Chris Canty was saying there at the start of the show that he thinks, you know, Philadelphia and Kansas City, and that would be like the greatest matchup that, of, that we could possibly expect from the Super Bowl. I don't know if with the chirping We'll start there, that being the Andy Reid Bowl, so to speak. But they've been relatively quiet, whereas it's all bets are off in the AFC right now where you've got Cincinnati, I think, kind of leaning into, I don't even want to call it trash talk. I just think they're hyping themselves up for this matchup. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs three times in a calendar year in 2022. They're failing themselves, and they should. Kansas City's the one, though, that started going the other direction, taking shots at the Bengals. We've heard you know, from, from different players, both on the offensive side and defensive side of the ball, not really giving the Bengals too much credit, but I feel like if I'm going to pick a side here, I'm going on Cincinnati because in terms of smack talk, we'll say, because I don't think they're really trashing anybody. I just think they're really excited about their chances going into this game, and they're letting you know that by saying things like Burrowhead and Joe Burrow leaving the yeah. field last week yelling, I'm him, claiming that he might have blacked out in that moment because he doesn't remember <laughs> it. But, oh, goodness, that is on tape. I, I'm okay with it. Like, I usually... 
Usually all that stuff is ancillary to begin with. It doesn't really affect what's going on on the field in games, Randy. So assuming that that trend continues, I think it's fun. because There's a lot of storylines now leading into this game that are not game-related, but the overall fabric of the AFC Championship weekend, it's the ante has been upped uh, and then some going into this one. I think I, I think sometimes you see teams that chirp the other, and it is rare. It's increasingly rare in, in what's increasingly a – a corporate feel around the NFL postseason. You know, I mean, I've heard some discussion that maybe, you know, Championship Sunday ultimately becomes a neutral site event a la the college football playoff. And I, I kind of like the I actually do enjoy the fact. I was rooting for the Buffalo Bills. I'm saying that for Christine Lisi's enjoyment. I'm saying it for everybody's enjoyment here at ESPN. But, I, I, you know, as a neutral party, it's, how could you not root for that storyline in that locker room? But the fact that they're out means we don't have the sterile neutral side environment of Atlanta that we would have had with Kansas City and Buffalo. So now we get it at Arrowhead, and we get a place where if you are the Bengals, of course you're confident. Like Whether you're a visual or an audio learner, you have seen it, heard it, felt it, and beaten it already in that building, in the postseason. You did it with the same stakes on the same stage. You did it with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line. So why wouldn't you be confident? And then on the other sideline, you've got Patrick Mahomes, who, when he's healthy, is better than Joe Burrow. I'll say that up, down, left, right, and center. I don't think... Even though Joe Joe Burrow, the last three matchups that these these two teams have faced off, dating back to last year's AFC Championship game, Burrow's gotten the edge of Patrick Mahomes in all three of those, but you're still doubling down on Patrick Mahomes. If If you put the quarterbacks in a vacuum, which is so... It is so hard to do, but... I don't think that Burrow got the better of Mahomes. I think Burrow's defense did. Like what they did to Mahomes last year caught the I would say the coaching staff caught Andy Reid a little bit by surprise. Like their patience with dropping back and not pressuring him, with sending three and dropping in coverage and making him throw into tight windows, extend plays. He ran himself into sacks last year. Um, you know, th- this year's, you know, rematch was was close. I, I hate that Mahomes isn't 100% healthy. I, I know what we've seen at practice the last couple of days, but he's not. And I think that limits what makes him special. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Cincinnati roll in. They were favorites this morning. I think, I mean, the betting line has been wild to follow. It's been up and down, swings of two points, like big money coming in on both sides. It's darn near a pick 'em, but I think Kansas City is now favored. I think they woke up an underdog. I think Kansas City's now favored. That could change while we're even in the show. But to your point, Courtney Cronin, what has not changed is the willingness of both locker rooms to chirp the other. Where should we? Let's go back. This is NFL Films. These are Bengals players with a new name for the building they're walking into in Kansas City. And for anybody who wonders, you know, they see Joe Burrow in a white turtleneck. I, Courtney, I know you've seen the clip where someone asks him, uh, what's your window? What's this, te- what's this team's window for winning a Super Bowl? And without, I mean, there, he doesn't even think about it. He's like, the window is my entire career. Mm-hmm. And for anybody who hasn't been in a locker room, who hasn't played team sports, who hasn't rallied around a teammate, that's that's what that does. Like, that confidence in that spot feeds what you just heard from guys on the field celebrating their win to get to this point. Yeah, and there's something that we have to preface this with. So Mike Hilton, I think, says this somewhere in the fourth quarter when they're clearly, you know, skating by Buffalo in the snowstorm last Sunday, and it was just like a wild affair. And it was, it was like 
poetic because that's what you want from playoff football, that environment, the type of game, and the overall feel on the winning sideline. But prior to that, when Joe Burrow hits Hayden Hurst in the corner of the end zone to go up 14-0, to I believe it's the you know midway through the first quarter, when, when Cincinnati jumps out of the gate and says, okay, we're here, he comes off the field. And Mike Hilton's the first one who, like, meets him at the sideline, and that's when Joe Burrow's yelling, I'm him. And, again, that's what he said. I don't believe we have the sound of that. That also came from NFL Films that was captured by their cameras. Joe Burrow later this week was asked about it. He said he didn't really remember saying that. Like, did I say that? Hmm, I had a moment of unconsciousness. Uh, who knows? But he said it to Mike Hilton. So I think Mike Hilton's like, okay, my QB's feeling himself. He's going to be all right with this. I'm going to make a play on his name regarding the stadium in which we're going to be traveling to next week, knowing how hard their road is, knowing that they did this last year, you know, going from the wild card round all the way to the Super Bowl. It's not like the Cincinnati doesn't have experience going into other people's environments, other people's stadiums and taking their lunch. They did it yeah. all last year. They've done it up until this point. So I think Mike Hilton doing that, it's almost like he kind of got like the seal of approval from Joe Burrow in that moment. He's all right, my quarterback's feeling pretty good. I can go ahead and lean into this and have some fun with it oh, on yeah. the sideline. Oh, yeah. No, and I want to get, before we move on, I want to get Cincinnati's mayor is involved. <laughs> Think about that for a second. A guy, you know, coat and tie, will, will not see the field, will not have any impact he on the game. He is going to the game, though, as he decided to tell the city council meeting. I believe it was on Thursday, and this guy keeps talking, Randy. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's going to go to Arrowhead? Yes. He was one of the first people to call it Burrowhead, but this is his message to the city. This is Cincinnati Mayor Aftab Puraval and his message to the Queen City. Good afternoon, Cincinnati. I have a proclamation from the desk of the mayor. Be it proclaimed, whereas the Cincinnati Bengals are headed to Burrowhead Stadium for their second consecutive AFC championship game. Whereas at last year's game, the Bengals scored more points than the Chiefs, resulting in a Bengals victory and a Chiefs loss. Whereas Joseph Lee Burrow, who's 3-0 against Mahomes, has been asked by officials to take a paternity test to confirming whether or not he's his father. Whereas all season long, Cincinnati has been on a path of destiny, fighting it out to overcome anyone who stands between them and a Super Bowl win. And whereas Kansas City is named after its neighboring state, which is, you know, just kind of weird. Now, therefore, I, Aftab Pureval, mayor of the city of Cincinnati, do hereby proclaim January 29th, 2023, as they got to play us day in Cincinnati. Thank you. Courtney. If anybody's going to be upset, be upset at the mayor of Cincinnati for the comment about the paternity test and determining whether Joe Lee Burrow, which it's cool to find out his middle name. You know, I always love going to a football reference, pro football reference to find out like what guys middle names are. And usually they have their nicknames there, too. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Joe Lee Burrow is on that page, but (laughs) now we know. And now we know what the Cincinnati mayor really feels about Patrick Mahomes. Like, I don't know. The. Trash talk, smack talk between the teams was fun. Mm-hmm. This guy just went 50,000 yards out in left field uh, <laughs> with what he said during some, I guess it was the proclamation. It was cool the way that it was written, very you know, professional with the it was, whereas yeah. such and such, whereas <laughs> such and such. I feel like I'm kind of like in a like 10th grade history class reading the Declaration of Independence there. But yeah, yeah. well done to whoever wrote that uh, for the mayor of Cincinnati. Yeah, it felt like Chaucer. It felt like, you know, best of times, worst of times, whereas, da, da, da. <laughs> and then he's like talking about, you know, it was professional until it was and uh, talking about 
paternity tests. She's Courtney Cronin. I'm Randy Scott. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. And Canty and Carlin's brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. This will be another defensive game. Hurts keeps fighting for the end zone. What a run. Touchdown, Philadelphia. Philly, they are damn near impossible to defend. They have people everywhere. Like, who you going to guard? The Niners are clearly the best defense left in this thing. And when you have units that are this good, it comes down to matchups. When you talk about who is just doing the best job of coaching his football team right this minute, who's doing it better than Kyle Shanahan? That's tough to argue. You know, the NFC is going to take center stage in the nightcap on Championship Sunday. It's going to be the Eagles hosting the 49ers. And, yeah, it's hard to argue that Kyle Shanahan's coaching job with Brock Purdy, seventh-round draft pick, Mr. Irrelevant. You know the numbers, you know the stats, and you know the nickname so far. But he's just not playing like it, Courtney, and it's tough. It comes down, you know, to me sometimes I, I think of things in roulette terms. And it's like, well, Randy, you have a gambling problem. No, it, my, my, my point is when you walk up to a roulette table and you see a string of red numbers on that board, are you the type of person that bets red, you ride the red because, hey, it's been coming up seven, eight, nine times in a row, or are you saying black is due? I'm betting on black. I'm betting on this streak coming to an end because the, the laws of averages say it, it has to at some point and it's going to start now. And that's what I look at mm-hmm. with Brock Purdy. I also, there's there's a whole Eagles defensive element. Like we're focusing on the quarterbacks and not showing enough love to an Eagles defense that has been stingy to better quarterbacks than Brock Purdy, quite frankly. Um, so there's a whole there's a whole element to that. But let's focus on the quarterbacks first because this was Canty's take on Jalen Hurts if the Eagles not only win on Sunday, but go ahead and win the Super Bowl. When you look at the quarterbacks over the last five years that have more total touchdowns than Jalen Hurts and eight or fewer turnovers, which is what Jalen Hurts had on the regular season, there are only three of them. Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, and Pat Mahomes. And all three of those guys have won MVPs over the last five years. Jalen Hurts is an all-pro quarterback. Not Pro Bowl. No. All-pro. All-pro. There's only two all-pro quarterbacks this season. Yep. Pat Mahomes, Jalen Hurts. That's how good he is. I don't think the masses hold him in that regard or view him that way, but he has a chance to change the perception of who he is as a player this coming weekend, and Carlin, dare I say, if this guy gets to a Super Bowl and beats Burrow or Mahomes, the Philadelphia Eagles have to entertain possibly making Jalen Hurts the highest paid player in the National Football League. There's a lot there. Again, that was that was Chris Canty on his own program here. Uh, speaking on Jalen Hurts, I, spot the lie, Courtney. Like The, the numbers are what they are. Um, the, the MVP candidacy was legit until he got hurt. I don't think he wins it. You know, I think it is Patrick Mahomes' mm-hmm. award this year. And yeah, he, probably, he he has a legit claim to being the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. But it, you go at those numbers, though, you know, low turnovers. Low turnovers to me are not a sign of a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And you can just look at those numbers or look at those names. Rather, Aaron Rodgers, he didn't win a Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson, he didn't win a Super Bowl in his MVP year. Mahomes did. But you have to take risk. You have to push the ball down the field. And all of the stats in how to attack the Niners' defense, they show that. Like, in order for the Eagles to win this week, it's not going to be with Hurts' legs. It's going to be pushing the ball down the field. Yeah, I mean, that's one area that I think you can attack this 
San Francisco 49ers defense, like the big chunk plays. And we know that he has the talent around him to do that. I mean, there's a reason that this team, when he's a starter, is 15-1 and one because he can beat you in so many different ways, Where, whereas it's the quarterback runs, whereas it's the big plays <laughs> to your receivers because you have receivers who can do so many different things. You've got a big body X in A.J. Brown. You've got Devontae Smith. You've got Quez Watkins. You have all these different tools. And I think that that's what makes this offense so well-rounded. And, like, you know, if you're looking at, you know, off strength against strength, you know, their offense, meaning Philadelphia's offense, against an incredibly stingy defense, might even be stingier than the Eagles' defense in the San Francisco 49ers. You've got a, a heavyweight battle there. So, At this point, I don't honestly know who I'm giving the edge to between that matchup right there, but I wanted to touch on what you said about the contract and what Canty said about the contract, where they would need to make him the highest paid player in the NFL. The only other example of this that really comes to mind for me of somebody who, you know, was in in a situation to earn a contract afterwards and kind of proving themselves as the franchise guy would have been Joe Flacco after the 2013 Super Bowl against oh, yeah. the San Francisco 49ers. So this was within, like, I want to say a couple couple months after the Baltimore Ravens won the Super Bowl that year, he signed a, fi- a contract that had $29 million as a signing bonus, $52 million guaranteed. It's $120.6 million extension. At that time, that's record-breaking money for quarterbacks. Granted, that was... 10 years ago at this rate. So you can only imagine what that number would be for Jalen Hurts going forward if he does end up winning a Super Bowl. I just think that there are going to be people out there who look at this and say, okay, think about how that's going to affect the rest of the quarterback market because there are so many quarterbacks from that draft class coming due in in the likes of Joe Burrow too. I mean, he's eligible for an extension this offseason. Lamar Jackson still has to sign his deal, whether it's with the Ravens, whether he gets tagged, what have you. There's so many different factors at play here where – you know, if you're Philadelphia and you reset the market, what's that going to do a couple weeks after you end up giving Jalen Hurts that big contract? Because you know he won't be the highest paid quarterback for long. Not for long. No, no. It's about setting the market. You're right. I mean, whoever holds that title holds it only for like for, three weeks. For, 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 for <laughs> That's so how it long. happens during free agency. Whereas quarterback salaries keep rising and <laughs> resetting the market. No, it's a fun. Listen, it's a champion's problem, a literal champion's problem. If you win the Super Bowl, specifically with these quarterbacks this time around, if it's Burrow, if it's Hurts, get ready to write a big fat check because the market is going to command it. She's Courtney Cronin. I'm Randy Scott. Much more on the AFC side of things. We'll hear what Chris Jones of the Kansas City Chiefs had to say, uh, perhaps taking note of what the Bengals have been saying because the smack talk is alive and well in Cincy. We're going to get the pulse of that city coming up next. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Windows my whole career and, and everybody that, that we have in that locker room, our windows always open. He has that bottle, man. He has that it factor. Like, I'm the damn man. I know it. He has bucked that trend, in my opinion. Uh, a guy wearing Cartier glasses. Cartier glasses, I won't even peek. No, no typical quarterback in the National Football League is wearing Cartier glasses. Never feel like an underdog. <laughs> I love that Cartier glasses got the mention, got the run, got the airtime. On ESPN Radio, it's Canty and Carlin, presented by Progressive Insurance. On ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And on your smart speaker, she's Courtney Cronin there uh, in, in Chicago. I'm Randy. The Chicago office, the bureau, is that what we say? Bureau. Okay. Midwest Bureau. Midwest Bureau. Gosh, she's expanding already. I'm <laughs> Randy Scott here at the Bristol Bureau uh, in uh, in Connecticut here. And we are, uh, we're going to expand our, our coverage now to the Queen City, to Cincinnati. Let's bring in Tony Pike, ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati. Uh, Man, you know I want to root for you guys, Tony. I do, but your mayor's got to shut up, dude. I, I don't, I don't. I I hear these proclamations, and we're talking about paternity tests, and I'm just, I don't know who to root for, man. I'm a Raider fan. I shouldn't root for the Chiefs, but he's making it difficult. Give us the Is he indicative of most folks in Cincy, or are you guys similarly rolling your eyes at some some of what he's saying? You know, I, I think it's just this this odd feeling that folks in Cincinnati haven't felt before. This has been. For so long, Cincinnati has been the backbone of, of a lot of jokes across the sports world. The, the Reds have struggled. Uh, the Bengals for, for years were, you know, kind of the, the epitome of what not to do in the NFL. And now there's this feeling that, uh, that that's different, that because of Joe Burrow, because of this, this organization and the team that's being built, that it, it feels different. And whether that's, you know, the Bengals are going to turn into the, the bad guys of the NFL or the villain. I just think folks in Cincinnati are excited that there is a proven winner right now to to jump behind and and to root for. And it's a team that's beaten the Kansas City Chiefs three times their last three meetings dating back to the AFC Championship game last year, Tony. And I want to like focus in a little bit more on this matchup because all three of the games that these two teams played in 2022, the Bengals were behind going into the fourth quarter, yet somehow they end up pulling out these wins. Is there a common theme we need to be aware of here about their X factor in the fourth quarter? Well, the, the X factor is always Joe Burrow, but I think in those three meetings, the biggest question is consistency. Uh, th- this Bengals offense for many times this year has, has lacked consistency. It's been really good at times, and then there's times where they go three, four, five possessions where they're not able to move the ball. And the difference of this year compared to what it's been in years past is Lou Anarumo's defense. In years past, you go a couple possessions without scoring, you're looking at a double-digit deficit. This year – they can survive a couple lapses on offense, 
because of what Luana Rumo's done on the defensive side of the ball. And then last week, I think everyone got a glimpse of what it looks like when it all comes together. The running game, uh, the use of all of these weapons at Joe Burrow's disposal, the offensive line, which has been a question mark, held up really, really well last week. So I think for a lot of people, it was that surprise moment of what the Bengals did against the Bills. These other games against the Chiefs, they've had to rely more on getting stops and then allowing Joe Burrow to play this this comeback warrior card that uh, ideally they don't want to have to go and, and, and try to do again Sunday. Looking specifically as we're talking with Tony Pike from ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati, played the quarterback position at Cincinnati, and you look at what this Cincinnati defense, just to piggyback on your on your point here, has done to Patrick Mahomes not only through the first three quarters, but what they've done to him in the fourth quarter. He's at what 111 total passing yards across those three games in the fourth quarter in overtime, zero touchdown passes. There's something about crunch time that this Cincinnati defense responds to. Who deserves the most credit there? Uh, well, obviously, with, with Lou Anarumo and what he's been able to do, DJ Reader in the middle has been mm. a game changer for the Bengals because he doesn't make it easy for teams to run the ball when they get a lead, right? If you, if you run the ball and, and you can control clock, you limit the possession, DJ Reader helps stop that. Mm. But it's really a team effort. It, it's what the defensive ends can do in passing situations. It's what the linebacking core has turned into. Uh, Eli Apple at the corner position is, is not afraid to voice uh, his confidence level. Uh, but, but for me, that's the remarkable storyline for Sunday because all of these other meetings, Lou Anarumo has had a game plan and he has stuck to it. Does that game plan change or do you try to change that game plan in any way knowing that Patrick Mahomes probably isn't 100%? Does that alter? Do you try to bring more pressure? Do you try to make Patrick Mahomes push the ball down the field instead of taking away maybe the, the, the downfield passing and giving the underneath stuff? So, I think that's the most fascinating storyline to this is, does Lou Anarumo change the way he has attacked Patrick Mahomes in this offense with the, the unknown right now with Patrick Mahomes' ankle? Now, speaking of injury reports and injuries we're keeping an eye on, we do know that Hayden Hurst will play this weekend. We also know that Alex Kappa and Jonah Williams, two offensive linemen for the Bengals, are going to be out against Kansas City. And it makes me think about the bigger picture here with Joe Burrow this season versus last season, the, the year that they made their run to the Super Bowl. So he sacked 70 times in 2021, including 19 in the playoffs. And there were ways that he was able to adjust his game this year where offensive line issues, no matter who was moving in, where and what, that wasn't a problem. How do you think he's going to have to overcome some of those same sort of issues that are popping up now with injuries and starters not playing on Sunday and being as effective as he's been having to do this in the past? It's going to be it's going to be interesting to watch because that Buffalo Bills pass rush without Von Miller is much different than it was with Von Miller. So while a lot of the folks in Cincinnati are going to say the offensive line held up they did. The, the offensive line was great last week, one sack for two yards. The big question now is a defensive line that does get after the quarterback, uh, second most pressures in the NFL, Chris Jones in the middle. The question now, can the Bengals coach around offensive line deficiencies? And they did most of last year. Look, they, they, they allowed nine sacks in one game against the Tennessee Titans and still found a way to win. But I think the way they use their quick game in this offense – changes everything completely for a pass rush. There's a lot of times the Bengals are getting the ball out so quickly that even if you don't even touch the pass rusher, 
he doesn't have a chance to sack Joe Burrow. That frustrates defensive line. And I think the more they do that, the more it opens up opportunities down the field and it opens up opportunities that defenses feel they got to bring more than four, which allows Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Hayden Hurst, even the backside of the backfield, one-on-one opportunities. And Joe Burrow is just so good at identifying those uh, from a pre-snap read standpoint that it just comes out of his hands so quick that, oddly enough, even with three new starters last week on the offensive line and, and the same thing happening this week, it hasn't been that much of a concern in Cincinnati because of the way they, they run this offensive scheme to get the ball out so quick. Tony, what's the one thing, the one thing that you guys have to do to win on Sunday? they got to stay uh, within the chains. Uh, you know, second and tens, third and long situations for this Bengals offense because of what I just talked about could be detrimental. But okay. if this team can get three or four yards on first down, a couple yards on second, and stay in those third and manageable situations where run pass is an option, puts a lot of pressure on this, uh, this Kansas City defense. I, I feel confident in what the Bengals defense can do. It's can the offense stay in those manageable situations. All right, Tony Pike, ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati. Thanks. Good luck. And here's to your mayor providing no fewer or no more. No more bulletin board material ahead of Sunday. We'll see. That's all, it's all, it's what it's all about now. Bulletin board all around for both teams. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Tony. Good luck, man. We appreciate it. One team. One team, Courtney, is delaying the inevitable. We're going to get to that next. It's Canty and Carlin. Courtney Cronin, Randy Scott, and for the guys on ESPN Radio in the ESPN app. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Uh, So I'm trying to think think of the year. Of that song. 98. Wasn't okay. that on her first album? Mm. Was that Baby One More Time? I was think it was it on not? her second. Is there is there is there second album, the Crossroads soundtrack? Like, who knows? Now we're getting in the weeds. <laughs> but I think about that because of our next team that we're putting under our microscope on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, as well as on the ESPN app and Sirius XM Channel 80. And on your smart speaker, she's Courtney Cronin. I'm Randy Scott. She's in the uh, the Midwest Bureau there. And and I'm here at the mothership, but I, Dallas Cowboys have not made a conference title game appearance since 1996. So I think even their last conference title game appearance wasn't in the Britney Spears era. I think, I think it was like before she exploded. That's how long we're talking. Think about 
Sorry, as he shouts into an ESPN radio microphone. But think about everything Britney's been through between now, between present day and 1996. She's had the rise and the fall and the marriage and the rise in the Instagram and the head shaved and all sorts of stuff. Um, so I listen. The Cowboys are next. We rejoined with Britney Spears. I get it. Your theory, Courtney, on Dallas. I had not heard crystallized, and Lord knows the Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. win or lose, probably more often in the losing category, get so much run here at Bristol on so many different shows, and I had not heard the way that you phrased it, delaying the inevitable. Tell tell, tell the people your – it's not even a theory, it's just facts. Yeah, so, I mean, all of the changes that they made to their coaching staff following the loss last weekend <laughs> – they don't all they, it's scapegoating. I'm going to read you them. I think they were like mm. five or six. So senior defensive assistant George Edwards, running back coach Skip Pete, they're not having their contracts renewed. So the way that contracts work in the NFL for coaches, they usually expire 10 days after the season ends, whether it's regular season, playoffs, what have you. So they're not coming back. Um, and then Joe Philbin, who's the offensive line coach, he's not going to have his contract renewed. And Rob Davis, who's the QC analytics coach, I believe he's on the defensive side of the ball, and Kyle Valero, who's an assistant D-line coach, uh, along with Leon Lett, who, you know, NFL legend, they're not returning in 2023. Mm -hmm. Were any of those guys responsible for the decision to punt late in the game? If you're Dallas, were any of those guys responsible for the bizarro play (laughs) on the final play of the game on fourth down where Ezekiel Elliott snapping the ball as a center to Dak Prescott? No. I mean, the way that I see this is that Jerry Jones emphatically said no multiple times when he was asked about Mike McCarthy and his job security. And I get when you're put on the spot about that before your team's going to play a game, you're not going to go out and say, I don't know. We're going to just wait and see what happens in this game before making any sort of proclamations about anybody's future because you're setting people up for failure there. Like that's you can't do that. So Jerry had gone out multiple times and basically reaffirmed that Mike McCarthy's going to be his guy going forward no matter what happens in the postseason. But is that the right call when you have two teams in back-to-back years that finish with identical 12-5 and records and are out early in the playoffs last year in the wild card round, this year with a really ugly loss to San Francisco in the divisional playoffs where you're looking at your head coach and saying, yeah, that's still the guy I want calling the shots. To me, the bigger problem here exists within your quarterback and your head coach, and you're doing everything around these two to try to say, okay, well, this will fix it, this will fix it, or at least it will give the guise of fixing it, Randy, mm-hmm. when we know the real answer. We know this is delaying the inevitable, that inevitably Jerry Jones, however many months from now, let's say they start out three and four, they got an early buy, and that's when he might be looking to make a coaching change next where you could have had this whole entire offseason to get in on the head coaching carousel, which is still spinning. There's four openings remaining. And potentially take a Dan Quinn who remains on your staff right now and elevate him into the role of head coach, which, again, if we're talking about delaying the inevitable, that could be something that happens next year. All right, so... It's a it's a fantastic. It's not even a theory. A theory makes it sound almost. I'm just connecting dots. Conspiratorial, yeah, it really is. It, it is a connection of facts. You are stringing facts together and presenting them in a way where it's like, how could you arrive arrive at a different conclusion? I want to hear from Mike McCarthy because Mike McCarthy was asked about his own, uh, you know, his his owner's feeling toward him, which is it's always kind of an interesting foray into someone's mind if you're trying to you know, figure out what Jerry Jones thinks about something or, or about someone. But he was asked about it, 
And you tell me if this is absolute brilliance from a guy who maybe didn't often demonstrate that on the sidelines there uh, at Jerry World. Here's Mike McCarthy on, on Jerry Jones. Just using his word, we're in an excellent spot. The partnership that we have, he's, he's excited about. He told me a number of times this, you know, this week that he wants me to coach here as long as Coach Landry did. And I said, okay, it's a long time. But, uh, you know, so, but yeah, I, I feel really good about uh, our relationships. I think our, our ability to discuss and disagree is we, we do a good job of that. Um, and I think that's important. Yeah, here's how you disagree with Jerry Jones. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll try. I'll try harder, sir. Yes, sir. You're right. Tom Landry coached there for 29 years. Tom Landry coached the Dallas Cowboys for 29 years. And I got a little bit, I'll be honest, of a Costanza vibe with that from Mike McCarthy. Like, that's a genius. That's a heady play. If you think that you are in some way, you know, in in danger of losing your job and you can go in front of the media and say, no, my owner told me he wants me to be here X, because it then puts your owner in a difficult spot. Maybe any other owner who's not named Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones has the power and the cachet to say, well, you know what? I changed my mind. You know, But otherwise, you're basically saying, no, my owner says he wants me here 29 years. And it just seems like a, like a brilliant move to ensure one's own job security. And who, know, who knows if Jerry Jones actually even said those very words, I want you to coach as long as Tom Landry. He could have said something like, I want you to coach here a very, very long time. I want you to coach here for the next two decades, which, of course, if you're Mike McCarthy placating this thing, you're saying, okay, two decades. I've already been here a couple of years. Okay, like Tom Landry, your career arcs line up. Yeah. I mean, he may very well have made that connection on his own without Jerry saying it, but you're right. It's a brilliant move because now it would take Jerry Jones coming out in the public and saying, I did not say that, to uh, rebuff the statement from his head coach. Now he's got to be quiet about it, I guess, until further notice. So it could also be, and it's the, the, the lack of, you know, uh, changing your coach and your quarterback, what you said, the inevitable uncertainty and changes that are coming. The reason you don't do that, you want to portray stability because you're one of the NFL's blue bloods. We're going to hear from a former NFL head coach giving us his perspective on the NFL's Final Four on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can watch and listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.